Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. With the onset of COVID-19, the church has been flipped upside down and has entered into a rebuilding phase. So, we have turned to Nehemiah and the story of God's faithfulness through rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem to find hope. We hope the Lord quiets your head and heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into Pastor Ed Derner's message. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you here. If you have your Bible with you, turn over to Nehemiah chapter 8. It's really good to see you. And whether you're here in person or whether you're online today, uh, really great to have you in worship. And uh, I hope today, I hope I'm able to convey well uh, what I was learning this week on this text. And uh, when you let this text kind of like resonate uh, with you, um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of emotion you have uh, because this is uh, kind of one of those um, times of like, wow, when I read Nehemiah and I think about today and I think about COVID and I think about what's going on in the church today and then I read about Nehemiah and what you're going to see is these two and the parallel of these two is almost uh, frighteningly similar and I think it might give you even some insight as to what might be going on today because you're going to see what's going on then and so we'll unpack this a little bit more. And, and I think it might give you this sense of, wow, God, what does this mean now? What does it mean for us? What does it mean for us today based on what I can learn from Nehemiah? So I think the timing of this has just been incredible. I hope you're enjoying Nehemiah uh, because Nehemiah was all about rebuilding and they finished rebuilding the wall. That's what we looked at last week. They had finished the wall and now they gathered together for the first time to hear the word of God. And uh, there was a famine, you might say, in the land, but it wasn't a famine of food. It was a famine of the Word of God. It was a famine of gathering together. Sound familiar? They weren't allowed to gather together. We're going to find out why they were exiled, and then we're going to find out when they came back. So after 70 years of not gathering together, imagine, 70 years. For us, it was three months. 70 years of not having the opportunity to gather together, they're going to gather together for the very first time in obedience to God. And the overwhelmingness of that emotions of what they were feeling uh, might be similar to what we all just kind of went through. Or if you're home worshiping and you haven't gathered in person yet, you might still be feeling that hunger. Uh, So I just want to ask first as we go so that you can maybe understand this a little. Have you ever tried the spiritual discipline of fasting have you ever tried that and uh, I never really have until this year Uh, I was challenged to do a 21 day fast and um, and I didn't not eat for 21 days I just chose not to eat from bedtime to noon uh, 12 noon and I'll tell you what I would I would count the seconds down on my watch with a beef stick in hand and 12 o'clock and I was eating I was famished And uh, I made it to 21 days, and that was just when Ash Wednesday started. And I said, well, I'm just going to keep going, and went all the way to Easter. And uh, so it maybe helped me understand this a little bit more. So if you understand a hunger, a fasting, a longing, a missing, um, you're going to really appreciate today uh, of what this is about. All right, so grab your Bible. And uh, in Nehemiah 8, but before I start reading, I want to give you even a little bit more background to understand. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth. And then God rested on the seventh day. And in the past, I've 
kind of like seeing the patterns of seven, but I don't think I ever realized how significant the pattern of seven was with God. Because He rested on the seventh day, and if you look at the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's dedicated to the Lord. It was a day set aside where God didn't want us going to work. God wanted us to really focus on our relationship with Him and connect with God. And then He created these festivals in the Old Testament. And we're going to, you can read them. I'll tell you where they are. You can read the whole chapter. Leviticus chapter 23. We're going to read, I'll read some of that later on for you. But it always coincided with the harvest. So that, for example, right around Passover, if you remember, uh, Passover in Egypt was when the angel passed over, and if you had blood on the doorpost, then the firstborn son in your household did not die. He did that with all the Israelites, but all the Egyptian sons, first sons, died. That was the celebration of Passover. And that was in the springtime when they would bring uh, barley as an offering to God. Then there was the unleavened bread. It started right after that, and that went on for seven days that they were not allowed to have leaven. That's when they left Egypt, and they were traveling, and God said, don't use leaven, because in haste you had to run out of Egypt. You didn't have time to let it rise, the bread rise. So, so for seven days, you are not to have yeast in your bread. And this was a lasting ordinance. You have to understand that all the way until the time of Christ, these were in place, that you were every seven days not to work and you were to honor God and then you were to celebrate the Passover every year then you were to celebrate seven days of unleavened bread then after that was over you counted out seven weeks and then that was the festival of weeks after seven weeks and that's when the wheat would come uh, and it was ready to be harvested so now you you gathered see this is the other thing you gathered as a nation together and so it was a time of worship and gathering and sacrificing to God, saying thank you to God. Then we scan ahead about four months, and then there was something called uh, the trumpets, and we're going to look at that today. Uh, that happened in the fall, September, October. That's when olives and figs and grapes were in harvest, and then they would bring uh, an offering to God of those things, and they would be gathered. They'd listen to the Word of God. Now, that was key that was the one time a year that all the Israelites were to gather together and the Word of God was to be read from sun up until noon. And everybody was to listen to the Word of God, dedicated one whole morning to listen to the Word of God. And then there was a seven days later, or 14 days later, then there was a Feast of Atonement where they would repent of their sins and God would forgive them. We're going to look at that next week. Then there was the Feast of Tabernacles. Then they were to live in homes for seven days, uh, like on the rooftop, uh, signifying when they were uh, journeying out in the, in, the, in the wilderness that they couldn't live in their homes. They were living in tents. And so for seven days, they would have to live up on the roof and like a little tent thing that they would make, uh, a little tabernacle on the house. Now, I'm telling you this because here's what's critical. They stopped doing it. You remember Moses and then Joshua. And after Joshua, it stopped. They stopped the festivals. They stopped gathering as the people of God to hear the word of God. 
They stopped gathering. They stopped as a nation. They stopped worshiping together. They stopped it. They stopped as the people of God gathering to worship, to celebrate, to sacrifice, to give to God offerings, to repent of their sins. They stopped. Sound a little familiar? And you know what Ezekiel says in the book of Ezekiel? Because they stopped doing these things out of disobedience to God, it was in the law, Remember the Sabbath day. They stopped remembering the Sabbath day. They stopped all these festivals. They got exiled. 70 years in Babylon. Now here's the thing. Now they're in Babylon. They're in a foreign country. They are not allowed to gather as the people of God. That would almost be like a protest. Sound familiar? So the Israelites were were not allowed to gather around the Word of God, even if they wanted to. Now it was cut off. You couldn't gather. You couldn't worship. You couldn't call out to your God because it was the Babylonian gods. And the people of God were now isolated in Babylon, prevented from ever, ever gathering as the people of God. And they did this for 70 years. For us, it was three months. For them, it was 70 years. Okay, if all of that is making sense to you, now they are back. They're back in Jerusalem. The walls have been rebuilt. And it's now September, October, which is for them, it was the seventh month. It was the first day and they asked Ezra to read the word of God to them. Ezra was the priest. So it happened, well, let's get to Nehemiah. Okay, so we actually have to start in chapter 7, the very last sentence of chapter 7. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, now chapter 8. All the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the teacher of the law to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. That would be including Leviticus. All right, just to give you an idea, uh, I've got a couple pictures for you. This is the water gate. Uh, This is what it would have looked like in Nehemiah's day. Now this is kind of fascinating. Look at the water gate today. No different. I don't know about you, but that's pretty fascinating because you know what? That Watergate in Nehemiah's day, I mean, would have been for us now 2,500 years ago. And 2,500 years ago, besides all the steps on the outside, it looks very similar to what it did 2,500 years ago. Uh, They built things to last back then. 2,500 years, that's a long time. All right, so now, verse 2. So on the first day... Of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. 
and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Okay, let me just remind you. This is the first time they've gathered. So if you were maybe 75 or 80 years old, you might remember, oh my goodness, I might remember when we used to gather when I was a kid, when I was five years old. But if you were less than that, you had never gathered. Never in your life. You had never gathered. You had never gathered for the word of God. You had never gathered together as just the Israelites. You had never gathered together to hear the word of God taught to you, read to you, um, and, and allowed you to understand what God was saying. It might be the first time you ever heard the word of God altogether. Might be the very, very first time. Imagine emotions of, of, oh my goodness, we've never heard from God. Because remember what this book is. This book is what God left to us so that when we know the author, when we know who God is, and we have a relationship with Christ, and we're brought into that relationship with Christ, and we know the author, now it's like, I want to know who the author is. I want to know more about him. And so as we read this book, it's not words on a page. It's, it's words helping us to know who is it who wrote this? What is he about? What is he like? I want to know who God is. I want to understand the heart of God. What, what mattered to him? What didn't matter to him? Why did he do what he did? Why didn't he do what he, what he didn't do? And so the very purpose of the word is to know who God is. It's not to just say, oh, interesting, or oh, I better do this. No, no, no. It's saying, God, where's your heart? What matters to you? And I want what matters to me to be the same things that really matter to you. And so that's why we open up the word and read it. So as these people are reading or hearing it, did you catch at the end of there? And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. The book of the law is the first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Ezra, verse 4. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Ananiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, Messiah, and on his left were Padiah, Mishael, Melchizedek, Hashem, I like this one, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. All right, now, why does this matter? Those were not priests. Now, hear this, because this is really important. Up until this time, it was all about what the priests did. A little bit like you might remember if you're Catholic, it's what the priests did, and you would go to church and watch the priests do what the priests did. You might remember that. In the same way, they would be at the temple and the priests would do their thing. But this was not in the temple. This was at the gate. This was what you might call, besides Edra, Ezra, reading and teaching, these were all lay people that were gathered around him. That's why I think God mentioned them by name. They weren't priests. That they were there. They, they gathered together as lay people, not meaning not priests, and they were helping people understand the word of God. It's pretty cool. Now, why does that matter? Because it's the first time that it was outside of the temple. And now, here's the new precedent. The precedent is, it's not about the building. It's not about the temple itself. It's about the word of God in the lives of people. Now, that should really resonate with us today. When the church, the gathering of the church in a local church building is shut down, 
It's all about the people of God reading the Word of God, acting out the Word of God, living out their faith in the public place or wherever they are, that it has less to do with the location and has more to do with the Word in action. And that's what God did then, and I believe that's what also God is doing now. When we can't gather, now go live it out wherever you are. All right, so now let's go on. Verse 5. Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Remember, that was the first time in their lives they got to do that. The Levites, now here's the priestly Levites, Joshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jazabad, Haman, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Isn't that what we're doing right now? Exactly. It's what God wants us to do. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. That's where I, I hope this starts to invoke a little bit of emotion. Imagine never hearing the Bible. And you're gathered in a place with other believers, and you're starting to hear the Word of God. Now, why would that invoke emotion? Just because you're, you're finally hearing from God, and for 70 years it was pretty quiet. They were banished from the sight of God, it says. God was still present, but probably quiet. And now, all of a sudden, they're hearing from God. They're hearing maybe what they haven't been doing. They're hearing from the law about how God wanted them to act, and they're starting to realize that they've been acting very ungodly. They're starting to realize that, that they haven't been living the way that God wants them to live. And they're, they're reflecting on their own sinfulness, their own disobedience. They're reflecting on, wow, I didn't know this was important to God, and now this, I'm hearing it, and I'm starting to get overwhelmed with what God is telling me. And they're struggling. You can hear kind of they're struggling. Verse 10, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared, the poor. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What does that mean? God didn't want them to grieve out of their disobedience. He wanted to celebrate what God was doing in their lives. It's no different today. How does God want us to live as believers in Christ? Does he want us to be mournful, sad, grieving because of disobedience? No. You know what living in grace is? Living in grace realizes that Christ came to this broken world and died for my sins and yours. 
And he loves us more than we could ever imagine. And he wants to live in that freedom of you have forgiveness, you have God's favor, you have God's love, you have God's peace, you have a place for you waiting for you in eternity, you have God's blessing, you have God's healing hand on your life, you have God not just with you, but you have him in you. So what's God saying? That whatever the circumstances we face in life, God says you can have joy, amazing joy, and that can be your strength to face what you face every day because your relationship with Christ. And you have nothing to fear because you're not going to face anything alone. You're going to face it with God. So why are we afraid? Why are we panicking? Why are we afraid? God says, you have me. I'll walk you through whatever comes in your life. I'll walk through every step of the way. Let my joy in Christ be the strength that we have to face every day. That's how God wants us to live today. Still. All right, verse 11. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Don't grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy, because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. On the second day of the month, the heads of all the families, along with the priests and the Levites, gathered around Ezra, the teacher, to give attention to the words of the law. They found written in the law, which the Lord had commanded through Moses, that the Israelites were to live in temporary shelters during the festival of the seventh month, and that they should proclaim this word and spread it throughout their towns and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring back branches from olive and wild olive trees and from myrtles, palms, and shade trees to make temporary shelters as it is written. Okay, before we go on, do you see what's going on? They hear from the word of God that one of the festivals, this is a festival of tabernacles that starts on the 15th day of the seventh month, September, October-ish. They just gathered the harvest, and now after they gathered the harvest, God goes, now cut the branches down from the harvest that you just made, like from the olive trees. Go ahead and cut the branches off, and then build yourself shelters and live in it for a week, remembering that God brought you out of Egypt. And they heard the word, and they didn't just go, oh, interesting. They were like, what? We're, we're supposed to live in shelters for a week? And they were like, okay. And they all scattered. They responded immediately to the word of God. And they did what God said. <clears throat> Let me pause here. If you'd like to turn to Leviticus 23, you can. It's Leviticus 23, 23. I'd like to read it to you because this is what they read. And then they responded. The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, you're to have a day of Sabbath rest. That was the day they listened to the word of God. A sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blasts. It was called the Feast of the Trumpets. So while the word of God was being proclaimed, every once in a while, then they would sound the blasts of trumpets. Do no regular work, but present a food offering to the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, the tenth day of this month, of the seventh month, is the day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly and deny yourselves and present a food offering to the Lord. Do not do any work on that day because it is the day of atonement. When atonement is made for you before the Lord your God. That was repentance and reconnecting with God. You shall do no work 
Uh, oh, sorry, I missed that. Oh, those who do not deny themselves on that day must be cut off from their people. I will destroy from among their people anyone who does any work on that day. You shall do no work at all. This would be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. It is a day of Sabbath rest for you, and you must deny yourselves. From the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening, you are to observe your Sabbath. The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, here's where it is. On the 15th day of the seventh month, the Lord's festival of tabernacles begins, and it lasts for seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly, do no regular work. For seven days present food offerings to the Lord, and on the eighth day hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. It is the closing special assembly, do no regular work. They heard that, and they're like, we're supposed to do that. And then that's when they scattered. Now we're back in Nehemiah. They scattered, and they went and did this. Verse 16. So the people went out and brought back branches and built themselves temporary shelters on their own roofs, in their courtyards, in the courts of the house of God, and in the square by the water gate, and, and the one by the gate of Ephraim. The whole company that had returned from exile built temporary shelters and lived in them. From the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day, the Israelites had not celebrated it like this, and their joy was very great. Okay, let's give you a couple of time frames. This is Joshua, son of Nun. This was the uh, attendant or assistant to Moses. The year's about 1200 B.C. It's now 500, about 545, 550, right around there, B.C. For almost 800 years, almost 800 years, they had never celebrated this. They'd never followed the word of God, which said this is to be a lasting ordinance for all generations. They stopped. Imagine after 800 years, you read the word and say, oh my goodness, we've been disobedient to God. And they run and they get the things that God said to do. And they build these shelters and they live in them. And it was their obedience, look at, and their joy was very great because they were restored to God. They had the favor of God. They were responding to God. And the joy throughout the community was tremendous. That's what happens with obedience. It's what happens when we connect with God again. Verse 18, day after day, from the first day to the last, Ezra read from the book of the law of God. They celebrated the festival for seven days. And on the eighth day, in accordance with the regulation, there was an assembly. You're probably wondering, okay, so what? Here's what I want to encourage you. God is calling us as the people of God to get back into the Word of God. I'm grateful that we're able to gather. I'm so grateful that we're able to gather around His Word to listen, to worship, to praise, to have prayer. I'm so grateful for that freedom in our country, even in the midst of this COVID-19. I want to encourage you 
don't be like the Israelites who were then banished and exiled. Be like the Israelites who had just recently gathered again and there was a refreshment and there was an excitement over the, the fresh Word of God. Take the time to read the Word, not for the words on the page, but for the author who wants you to connect with Him and He wants so badly to connect with us. Take the time to worship together as we're doing this morning. God said, don't stop meeting together. And then also, I want to encourage you to take time for praise. This is where go home, turn on the radio, listen to CDs, listen to praise music, fill your minds and your hearts with praise to God so that you're in His Word, you're connecting with God through prayer, you're listening through His Word, you're communicating with God, you're worshiping together, you're praising. And I think you're going to find during this time when people are really struggling so badly, just turn the news on. It'll make you struggle. It's a time for us to say, God, I want my joy to be in you. I want to celebrate you. And I want to fill my heart with your word and prayer and worship and praise. And God, I want to connect or maybe reconnect and firmly establish my relationship with you. And let's be like the Israelites that when they heard it, they responded. Listen to, I just want to read a couple of words, a couple of scripture verses to you. I'm getting the red sign. That means I'm done. I'm going to disregard them for a moment. Just listen to what God says about the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. John 1, In the beginning was the word of God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 2 Timothy 3, All scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Verse 24, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus said, Luke 11, Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Isaiah 40, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. John 6, Jesus said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Colossians 3, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. James 1, I'll end with this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Would you pray with me? God, in this season when even many churches are not gathering, Father, we are a little afraid of this virus. 
We don't want to get sick. Father, thank you for your grace and your love. Thank you that whether we're gathered in person or gathered online, that we can gather around your word. We can gather around communion, whether at home or here. And God, we want to hear from you. And we thank you for your message today. And I'm so amazed at how what we read in Nehemiah is so applicable to what we're facing today in our nation. God, we pray that you would use this time to draw us closer to you. Strengthen our faith, God. And help us to live it out each and every day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for coming in to this broken world, Jesus, to save sinners like us. We're saved by grace. And we can, we just want to say thank you. And I think our lifetimes and eternity isn't long enough to say thank you for what you have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.